It's Friday, March the 13th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the Trudeaus self-isolate and more market meltdowns. First, the world in brief. Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his wife Sophie are self-isolating after she tested positive for the coronavirus. They recently returned from a trip to Britain. Mr Trudeau has not yet been tested. Brazil's President Jair Bolsonaro is waiting for results after an aide was confirmed to be infected. Both men had been in Florida where they met Donald Trump and Mike Pence. The American president has no plan to be tested or to self-quarantine, the White House said. The European Union condemned Donald Trump's abrupt decision to suspend air travel to America from 26 European countries for 30 days. The EU said the decision had been made without consultation. Meanwhile, Ireland and France closed schools and colleges to stop the spread of COVID-19. Globally, authorities have now confirmed 128,000 cases of COVID-19 and 4,700 deaths. Asian shares suffered heavy losses on Friday morning, extending a global stock sell-off after the Dow Jones Industrial Average tumbled 10% in reaction to Mr Trump's travel ban, its worst drop since the 1987 crash. Trading in India's Nifty 50 stock index was halted after it fell 10%. On Thursday, trading in New York was suspended for the second time this week after the S&P 500 index fell by 7%. The pan-European stocks 600 dropped by 11.5%, a record one-day fall, and the FTSE 100 index fell by 11%. Shares in airlines and travel operators performed particularly badly. Citing highly unusual disruptions in Treasury financing markets associated with the coronavirus outbreak, the Federal Reserve said it would inject $1.5 trillion into America's financial system. Earlier at its scheduled policy meeting, the European Central Bank promised extra liquidity to the Eurozone's banking system, notably to support lending to businesses, and an additional €120 billion, Euros, $135 billion of asset purchases. But the ECB disappointed financial markets by keeping its deposit rate, which is already negative, unchanged. RWE, Germany's biggest electricity producer, reported that its adjusted net income for 2019 had doubled to 1.2 billion euros, 1.35 billion dollars. The company attributed the surge to the performance of its supply and trading unit. RWE has committed itself to spending 5 billion euros on expanding its renewables business as it seeks to quit coal-fired generation. Intu warned that it could go bust unless it manages to raise more funds quickly. The owner of some of Britain's biggest shopping centres, including Manchester's Trafford Centre and Essex's Lakeside, reported a loss of more than £2 billion, $2.6 billion in 2019. Business has been hit by the rise of online retailing and a broader slowdown in consumer demand. And a judge in America ordered the release from prison of Chelsea Manning. Ms Manning was found guilty in 2013 of leaking military files to WikiLeaks, but since her most recent detention last year has refused to testify about the anti-secrecy organisation. The judge ruled that jailing her no longer served any coercive purpose. She must still pay fines of over $250,000 for her defiance. And now, here's today's agenda. Spluttering, coronavirus and America's economy. 
Official statistics will not be published for a while, so in the meantime, analysts are frantically searching for any data that will indicate how the coronavirus is affecting the American economy. A useful piece of information, a monthly survey of consumer confidence from the University of Michigan, is released today. The survey takers began interviewing Americans on February 26th and continued into early March, just as fears about the impact of COVID-19 started to mount. It could make grim reading. Higher frequency measures of consumer confidence, including Goldman Sachs' analysis of sentiment in Twitter posts about the economy, suggest a sharp fall in recent days. Restaurant bookings are well down, traffic congestion at the weekends has fallen, and cinemas are far emptier than before. All this is likely to point to lower consumer spending, and with it, a higher risk of a virus-induced recession. Bracing for disaster, Macron's municipal elections. Despite the coronavirus crisis, France is going ahead with its municipal elections. In a two-round vote, this Sunday and next, the French will elect the mayors of 35,000 cities, towns and villages across the country, including Paris. For health reasons, Christophe Castaner, the interior minister, has ordered all polling stations to ensure that voters and staff can be at least one metre apart and has advised voters to bring their own pens. President Emmanuel Macron's party, La République en Marche, is bracing itself for disaster. At the last municipal elections in 2014, the party did not even exist, so it has no record to defend. But the president is unpopular, incumbent mayors are often respected, and his party's chances of capturing town halls are slim. Sitting socialists and republicans, meanwhile, are set to do well, as are the Greens and Marine Le Pen's national rally, formerly National Front. Trading blows. China and America fight over journalists. Today marks the Trump administration's deadline for China's state media organizations to reduce the number of Chinese nationals they employ in America by nearly 40%. This is part of an escalating tit-for-tat battle that is expected to lead to reprisals against American news outlets in China. Xinhua, China Daily, China Radio International, CGTN and the distribution arm of People's Daily are under orders to cap their Chinese headcount at 100, down from 160. The limit, which affects media outlets directly controlled by the Chinese state or Communist Party, comes weeks after China expelled three Wall Street Journal reporters. That was ostensibly punishment for an op-ed headline, but also came a day after America declared that the five state and party media organizations had to register as foreign missions of the Chinese government. The media war is reminiscent of the expulsions of diplomats and others during the Cold War between America and Soviet Russia. Terminal decline. Airports are beginning to close. Kuwait will today halt all commercial passenger flights due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The Gulf state's rulers hope that by closing their only international airport, they can keep the deadly disease at bay. Medical experts are unconvinced. Yet Kuwait's airport will not be the only one shutting up shop during the crisis. In Italy, Europe's worst affected country, an exodus of low-cost carriers is forcing Ciampino Airport outside Rome and probably Treviso Airport near Venice to halt operations. Norway's government has put several airports on notice. Retailers that depend on airport footfall are bleeding. Shares in Finabler, the owner of Travelex, a currency exchange firm, have plunged by 98% since the outbreak began. But supply chains are a bigger concern. 
Should the skies over London fall quiet, its residents will still have access to food and medicine. Not so those living in more remote corners of the world. Sanders' last stand, the 11th Democratic debate. It is the end of the road for Bernie Sanders' campaign. A string of losses to Joe Biden has sunk his hope of becoming the Democratic presidential candidate. But the socialist senator from Vermont is going down fighting. On Sunday, he will face the former vice president in a televised debate in Washington, D.C. It will be the first time the two have appeared one-on-one, -on -one, and Mr. Sanders appears to be relishing the prospect. Having acknowledged that he is losing the delegate count, he may be focusing on a policy victory by pushing his moderate rival to the left. He has said that he will challenge Mr. Biden on a range of progressive issues. The better debater of the pair, Mr. Sanders is likely to put in a strong performance. His opportunities to do so are shrinking. As the coronavirus spreads, campaigns are cancelling rallies. Sunday's debate will be the first without a studio audience. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Sun Yat-sen, who passed away on March 12, 1925. Only powerful people have liberty. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.